Welcome, data people. We are Zuma. My name is Matt, and this is the Data for Good podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Zuma. Zuma is a dedicated recruitment company focusing on data positions across Berlin. The Data for Good podcast is for the world of data science, analytics, and engineering, giving you the platforms, the thoughts, and opinions of data leaders from Berlin and beyond. Today, we are joined by Julia Flament Volin, engineering manager at TomTom. Julia, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Hi. Yeah, I'm good. You know, at the top of Amsterdam, I'm doing good. Yeah, beautiful background. Beautiful background. Um, and yeah, we appreciate you joining us and, and sharing some of the some of your wisdom. For those who who aren't aware, can you give us a, a quick introduction? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm a software engineering manager, engineering uh, leader. Uh, at TomTom now, I have like 10 plus years uh, of experience in the, the, the data space, uh, kind of in the intersection between like data engineering, data science and software engineering. Um, currently reading uh, data intensive applications. And I think that that book kind of sums up where I am in the, in the landscape. So yeah. Uh, a, a software engineer but with like a foot in ai or something like that yeah a nice broad uh broad experience that you've got and we're hopefully going to tap into uh some of that in some quite juicy topics um that we're gonna discuss today so yeah, yeah we're gonna dig into ai and why there's a bit of caution especially within the online digital workforce so Let's start super simple. What, what's what's your definition of AI and why is it creating a little bit of uh, worry amongst the digital workers? Yeah, super simple. What's AI? Um, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, of my my definition of AI. I think I've, I I don't know. I've, I've, there is no good definition. I think I've kind of uh, given up on on trying to define it. It's tossed around a lot, but. Broadly, I think it's uh, a, a collection of technologies mm. at this point. So uh, inside AI, you have machine learning and deep learning, obviously, but you also have stuff that I would consider AI, but that isn't necessarily machine learning or, or deep learning. Mm -hmm. That might be, um, you know, uh, graph, uh, knowledge graphs, uh, those that, that, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so that that would be <clears throat> maybe just like a broad definition of, of yeah. AI. And then uh, diving into why, you know, data, digital and data and knowledge workers and, and developers and everyone are, are kind of like on edge, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty like... Uh, there might be many things kind of, uh, you know, uh, going into that. One thing is that the whole like tech scene or, or mm -hmm. tech uh, place has kind of shifted a lot over the last three plus years, almost four years since, since the uh, pandemic and everything. It, it was like this, you know, uh limitless you know growth gold mine place mm -hmm. 
and then all of a sudden we've seen like huge layoffs and 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 these kind of things and of course that creates kind of a different uh atmosphere and then obviously we've had you know just like huge uh, advancements in ai that has created some big disruptions and, mm. and, and things um but yeah so there, there is kind of that fear that like am i being replaced by you know ai um and and i think i mean i, I might eat my words uh, i guess some someday in the future but i'm kind of in the andrew ng school um uh, more on the you know positive uh, <laughs> side of uh, ai maybe um and i believe that you know ai is going to uh replace tasks but mm -hmm. not jobs you know so but uh i think we're all probably surprised uh that ai is affecting white collar jobs this much mm -hmm. the, the the prediction some years ago was that like ai is gonna make huge uh advancements and replace all these uh blue collar jobs and now we're seeing kind of the opposite thing happening so you know white color <laughs> people yeah. are then starting to feel threatened but yeah so so i think there's probably a few reasons it sounds like the maybe the definition of what ai is is probably the most confusing and the most fearful thing because it could be anything right i yeah maybe i um maybe it is maybe people are also just like getting tired uh of this term being tossed around uh with anything and not, not knowing really are we talking about like is your application really infused by ai or is it just like you know some rule-based system based on like statistics or, or people are maybe like it's getting a little tired there's a lot of memes going around where people like uh replace the word ai with you know insert whatever yeah um so yeah that 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 might uh be it i i think that if we're gonna go into like what might be more helpful is to at least this is the way i see it that if um if you're thinking uh or if the thinking is that ai might replace tasks then get to know you know uh, ai tools or what's what's possible to use what's not possible to use what problems might be solved by ai and which are maybe not really solvable by by AI and and get like familiar with it. I think that you know fear mongering and, and, and fear in general is more present maybe around people who hasn't maybe had so much to do with with quote unquote AI or machine mm -hmm. learning engineering or, or data science or any of those things because I think as soon as you start you know, as a developer, for example, as a software engineer, start incorporating using um, Copilot in your work, you'll see that um, it might uh, really help you get started on certain things. Um, it, it might be kind of a, you know, productivity tool, like 
like many other tools, mm -hmm. we've just kind of integrated in into our work. But you'll also get to see its shortcomings, right? That that you can't just Absolutely. like blindly rely on it. And I think that's, um, I mean, we'll see with ChatGPT, for example. But but um, uh, I think as soon as you start using ChatGPT a little bit, you'll see like what it might be used for, what it what it definitely is not, what it can't be used for, right? Mm. Um, I, I saw uh, <laughs> like a funny post, I think it was yesterday, uh, someone, oh, what was it? Someone said like, um, make me, <laughs> name me an animal um, with the same amount of legs as they have tails or something like that. <laughs> And ChatGPT was like a snail, or yeah, um, it, it's like there's certain tasks that it just doesn't do well at all, mm -hmm. and there's certain tasks that it's really you know helpful for. So, getting familiarized with those tools and what they can do and what they can't do, I think, um, can be helpful also to kind of get over that fear of being replaced because you'll see mm -hmm. that okay, yeah, I can't, you know. It can't just like write me a novel from page one to you know the end, but maybe it can yeah. help me in certain areas. Yeah. I, I've been thinking or putting trying to put a, a term to it. Would you say that AI, quote unquote, can do anything, but it can't do everything? Uh do anything but can't do everything. I that that's uh yeah, maybe that's that's a good way of putting it. Although it really can't do anything either. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of things that it, it, it can't do, right? Um, but um, but yeah, that that that's definitely one way to see it. Like a, a famous um, prediction, um, maybe around five years ago now, was that like the um, the work of radiologists would just be replaced by now um, because image recognition has uh, has uh, become so good that there's just no need for radiologists anymore. Mm -hmm. That was a prediction. Uh, I don't remember the name of who, who made that, but it was, you know, uh, someone prominent. And that has turned out to be not the case at all. There's, there, it's not even it's not even like there's less need for radiologists today it's just that yes image recognition has become much better it's become a a tool a a productivity tool or a, a uh, an aid for radiologists mm -hmm. yeah. but the work of a radiologist is not only around analyzing images and you and you also can't just outsource analyzing images to to AI completely. So the, that's one example where it was like it's a white collar job. Um, you know, a, an important aspect is you know uh, being able to to analyze these um, these images. Uh, image recognition is one of the areas in AI which has had really impressive advancements, but still. Um, it, it didn't and it hasn't and it's probably again i might eat my words but i just don't <laughs> i just don't think that you know we're going to completely um replace radiologists anytime soon so 
Yeah. No, uh, I, I think um, one famous example is probably the ATM, the cash machine, that when cash machines were brought in, they thought that bank workers were going to decrease. They actually went up. And then now bank workers are still remain and the cash machines are starting to drop off again. So yeah. I think embracing a, hol- a holistic approach uh, with AI and I think this is something to have confidence in, in the kind of re- replacement debate. Yeah. Yeah. How, how being sat in the, being part of, being part of, being within the tech world, um, how do you see the, how people are thinking about it being on the inside, working on it versus the news and what yeah. people's expectations are? Um. Yeah, so the, that's kind of interesting, um, definitely to be on the both sides on that. On the one side, you see like countless just like uh, articles every single day about AI and its dangers and blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side, you're just, you're trying to solve like <laughs> very small problems yeah. in as an engineer. And we're like, guys, it's not, you know, it's not that easy necessarily, but um uh, I think that we might see kind of a uh, convergence in in roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like um, you know, ten years ago, the the role or the the job data scientist didn't necessarily exist, and then obviously that's you know uh, that that was a. Uh, role that emerged and that became super hot and then uh i think you probably know (laughs) more about that than i do but then um also after data scientists we had uh we had mles like machine learning engineers maybe more because then you discover that okay but there's a bunch of data scientists who who can do like linear regression and they're basically statisticians or or whatever but they they don't necessarily know how to do machine learning, right? Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think, yeah. And then uh, data engineering has kind of like always been there, but maybe under different names, like maybe yeah. business intelligence analyst or developer or, or whatever, backend developer, I don't know. But I think, you know, if you're a software engineer or a software developer or, or developer or whatever you want to call yourself, and you um, and you, yeah, get comfortable with with data, with like data intensive applications, with just trying to understand how uh, how we need to to use data to, to build applications. Then um, you're in a good you're in a good place to know. Um, where to apply different technologies appropriately. And I think that's that's a like a powerful place to be because um, yeah, it, it's all about like knowing that okay, this problem could might be solved by by linear regression mm. or or this problem is, you know, it's more like a classic ETL problem and we we need a, I don't know, uh, analytics data warehouse uh, yeah. or a data lake, whatever, to build it. <clears throat> yeah. So, so, you know, getting back to kind of the basics, I think that um, 
software engineering um, classes or the whole curriculum might need to be updated a little bit or I mean I haven't looked at university mm -hmm. <laughs> curriculums uh, so much lately but um, yeah it's like we, we still need to understand databases but mm -hmm. we probably also um, need to have more common basic understanding of linear algebra for example um, so like calculus is uh, is a regular part of a, a computer science degree um, maybe uh, yeah, and and, and the relational algebra for for databases. Maybe we need to include uh, uh, linear algebra as well because that's what a lot of this is based on. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. Do we not think that the the base level will be risen? So all these fundamentals are not uh, necessarily needed to be understood. Or are these the foundations that it, it, it doesn't matter, you have to know them, otherwise you won't be able to get to the advanced levels? Yeah, that, that's a good question because like, what's your goal? Do you want to use AI tools or do you, or, or you want to build them? Do you want to build AI? I think if you want to, you know, uh, there's a thousand ways to use AI tools. And I think so many, so many industries are, are starting to learn how to use generative AI and it, it's it's definitely disrupting a lot of industries, right? Mm -hmm. From like creative work and, and this and that. If you wanna build uh, AI tools, I think that um, some, some basic understanding of how it works, what is deep learning actually <laughs> is, is needed. And I think it's also like, um, I think it's also good to understand just to, um, just to get a little real about like, what, what are we talking about and what kind of problems can these um, technologies solve, you know? How are we? maybe some ex examples and use cases for yourself. How are we um, empowering, what we're putting in place to empower humans to use these tools rather than just thinking of, of replacing them? Uh, hmm, yeah, I, I don't know. For, for me, uh, it's like I've been in kind of the, the business of automation for, you know, 10 something years. I think a lot of, uh, people in the space has already, especially if you've like been working with business intelligence or, or mm. anything like that. Um, in uh, where I sit in TomTom, for example, um, there's been a huge shift from creating maps manually, like literally drawing maps, right, mm -hmm. uh, to to processing scalable sources and creating uh, map features like roads or signs or whatever uh, automatically right and then you you need uh you need uh, data pipelines you need uh um yeah you, you need uh ai maybe certain places to in order to do that so for me it's often about scale 
it's not necessarily like we're replacing these people. It's like um, in, in the case of where I am, for example, um, if we want to map the whole entire world and we want that map to be updated, you know, uh, as updated as, as possible, real time, ideally, mm-hmm. then it's just not scalable to to do all this work manually. It just can't be done, right? Even if yeah. we were able to do that and have like perfect coverage uh, on every road, every little path um, uh, manually, then by the time we had made that map, it wouldn't be updated anymore, right? So uh, it's kind of like about, you know, how can we, how do we shift uh, the, the whole process of, uh, of map making so that this can can scale. Um, and that's kind of like classic software engineering, right? Um, building um, an application that 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 scales or, or yeah, something like that. So um, um, I don't know if that really answers your question, but it's it's definitely, about um, looking at a process, for example, that has been more or less uh, rule-based or yeah. um, uh, or uh, manual, and seeing like how might we be able to automate this uh, and do it maybe like step by step or incrementally, and by the end of it, maybe your whole process is like looks completely different from from where you started. But uh, um, that that's definitely something you can do. And then if you have domain uh, knowledge, mm. then you can use that, right, to kind of yeah. automate your automate your own job. And then you're maybe you maybe you end up like eliminating your own job. But that's a lot of what being a developer is, right? Mm. How, how can we? Uh, how can we use computers to do this job? Because we are just humans who can only work like seven and a half hours per day, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. And how has that changed recently? Has that been fast track the, the pace of automation? And because we never get, we're never going to run out of problems. We solve one yeah. problem, it creates, we find another one. Um, I mean, there's, there's, um. I think our computing power is, you know, obviously increasing with, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, it's the, uh, we've passed the one year uh, anniversary of ChatGPT. And I think that was such a generative AI in general was such a, um, was such a big shift in in ways of thinking or ways of building yeah. systems so um i mean i haven't been that involved in like creating um generative ai systems but i've i've been a little bit uh, involved in in some projects and what I see is that just the, the the approach is just kind of like fundamentally different from your um, your your classic uh, engineering mm. project, let's say. 
um, and um, and the ability to prototype really quickly has just like uh, you know gone gone up a lot. Where uh, one and a half years ago, you would like maybe have a uh, wanted to do a POC mm-hmm. uh, of a of a data science problem, a machine learning problem, whatever. And you would maybe like, uh, this would maybe take like six months, uh, three MLEs, data scientists, mm. whatever, something like that. Whereas now you can literally do that in hours just to see if you can actually build a project and start creating values so much faster. And then mm. of course the, 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 <laughs> the real work starts with like uh, building a, a productionized uh, system or, or something like that and, and debug and, and you know infrastructure and, and all that stuff that you still need so mm. but the the way from an idea to a POC has 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 gotten like much smaller um, yeah which I uh-huh. which I think is uh, exciting as well both in big companies where i am and have been but but very much in small companies right where Mm. um if you have a great idea you can you can try it out really really quickly and you don't need to be a lot of people and you don't need a lot of resources so that's that's exciting i think yeah exactly my my next question are we in a better place one year on I mean, TomTom, uh, an established company, would be a, a great insight. Are we in a better position now than we were a year ago since the, the release? Um, but better position how and for whom? Well, for the, for the engineers, the, the way they're able to test things, uh, an idea so quickly... Is it become flippant that you can just test things and not put so much time and energy into it? Is that detrimental or is it net positive? How are you seeing it? Um, I, I'm seeing it as a positive, as a, as a, um, yeah, as a as a productivity tool, as something that can get you started really quickly, um, and I think a lot of um, uh, it like it, it's happened a lot uh, to make ChatGPT, for example, or or some other GPT uh, available on your data or like safe to use uh, mm-hmm. on your data, um, so that companies, uh, for example, can use kind of like a contained version mm-hmm. and not be. Um, not be afraid to share data that they shouldn't and, and stuff like that because there has been some unfortunately some cases where um company secrets and stuff like that has been shared that shouldn't have been shared yeah. so i think that more tools are in in place now to to solve uh that and and i think that more companies are um embracing uh these tools as well because they see that it that the productivity goes up, like uh, for example, for uh, uh, 
co-pilot, uh, that, yeah. that uh, it, it might be like worth the investment. You might, you know, get rid of some of the tedious stuff, um, but you still need good engineers because you can't just like, you know, blindly rely on it. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say if we're in a better place, but, but then, but since one year ago, I would say yes, because like right after the <laughs> uh, launch of ChatGPT, it was kind of, um, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a, of a revolution and mm. a lot of fear and a lot of chaos maybe. So I'd say we're in a better place, yeah. So I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, I'm, I'm conscious of time, so going to finish up with uh, with one final point to, to bring it home. What would you advise to anyone about skills and using it as a uh, collaborative tool to develop their career? What What would you advise there? Um. Yeah, I I would advise. Um. I would advise people to um, to go deep, and uh, if you haven't yet, try to familiarize yourself with uh, with some tools, with some AI tools, some automation tools, whether it's Copilot, ChatGPT, or some of these like tools that can automate processes, like Make is Make.io, I think is one. Um, uh, around like using AI tools. Mm -hmm. And then for building and understanding, I think, you know, um, pick pick a topic maybe you're interested in uh, and, and try to understand some of these technologies a little bit more uh, deeply. Maybe something that you think you can use uh, in your, you know, field somehow. So whether that's computer vision or uh, machine learning in general or mm. um, deep learning more specifically or or maybe it's uh, maybe you're more like a data engineer and you yeah. want to understand uh, knowledge graphs and and where to use uh, SQL and where to use NoSQL. So I would just like, you know, dive deep. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. Julia, really, really deep um, insights into a couple of areas there. If people want to keep up with you and some of the, the things that you're doing, how, how would they do so? Uh, follow me on LinkedIn, I'd say. That's where I'm like the most uh, active and, and reach out. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy to, to talk to anyone. So thank you so much for having me, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure. Any more conferences or speeches coming up soon? I'm speaking at DevWorld in Amsterdam uh, end of February, beginning of March. Um, I know that for sure. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's what I know for sure. So, yeah. First of many, I'm sure. Um, well, thank you very much for your time, Julia. Um, and to the listeners, of course, don't forget to, to like and share so we can reach uh, as many people as possible. But it is bye from us. Thanks once again, Julia. Thank you. See Ciao you. For now. Bye.